All right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumbler full of Hendrix. I got a mind full of thoughts. Let's go. Now, gang, my monkey ass forgot to bring my speaker. So a very dear friend kicked a fucking intro and outro for this show. Now, I got to find a way to get that all the way in. I find a way to get that all the way in there. Hashtag things heard in Robert Reed's bedroom. Gang, I'm not even a minute in and I've already dropped a sexual innuendo. Hold on, you know what time it is. Mm. Gin and truth, let's go. But, Seth, thank you. And gang, here's a shitty sounding preview. Hold on, not because his music's shitty, because my equipment is shitty. Hold on. Let's go. That shit's funky, ain't it? It's hitting. All right, let's let's do this, gang. But before we jump into today's topic, let me do a little housekeeping because your boy is tired, and we're all fucking tired, gang. These police shootings. Who knows? Maybe I'm fucking wrong. I don't think I am, though. I still maintain that cops are good. But it, it's getting harder and harder. Fuck me. This is so frustrating of a fucking topic. I know y'all saw that video. This poor kid was scared shitless. And let me tell y'all something. It was a traffic stop, all right? He didn't have, you know, fucking, he wasn't sex trafficking in the back of his car. He didn't have 17 tons of cocaine. He didn't have fucking weapons all over the place that he was going to sell to the black market. This was a traffic stop. You've been traffic stopped. I've been traffic stopped. At worst, that kid should have gotten pissed off that he's got to pay 300 bucks for, I don't know, expired license or whatever the fuck he's being pulled over for. And then you get this cop, this murderer, I can't call her a cop anymore, and she pulls out her fucking pistol. I mean, at what point, because the pistol's sitting there in front of her fucking face, at what point did you not realize that wasn't a fucking taser? Right? And, 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 and people think that we're being dramatic. Go ask his mother how dramatic we're being. Right? I mean, fuck me. This is why you do the training. Right? And uh, how many times do I have to tell you? I'm not a weapons guy. I don't know. Here's the extent of my knowledge on weapons. That barely open-ended thing. Yeah, there's a murder nugget that comes out of there. Make sure that that ends pointed at the other guy. There. Did I just pass my concealed weapons shit? And I don't have to be a weapons expert to understand that lady fucked up. That murderer fucked up. And as a result, a child is dead. Yes, I called him a child. When you're young enough to be my kid, you're a fucking child. Over a traffic stop. But okay, he panicked. 
Okay, he tried to get back in his car. Again, we have precedent. We know that you can be arrested without getting killed. Again, you think I'm lying? Go ask fuckface Dylan Roof how his experience was handling the cops. Hold on, there's a strange fucking bug in my house. This fucking Texas shit, this motherfucker's got to die. All right, he's getting cleaned up later. Okay, where were we? Fuck this. Again, so again, quit telling me how impossible it is for the cops to do their job. Quit telling me that it's a high-stress job. Yeah, no shit. Like I always say, brilliant discovery there, Copernicus. How long did it take you to discover that fucking landmass? Of course, it's a stressful job, but you signed up for it. And your job is to enforce the law, not to be an executioner. So I had to get that off my chest because this whole argument is sitting on some bullshit. Now, the other thing, apparently there was another shooting. Do y'all remember the good old days? This bug just won't fucking die. Jesus Christ, like my ex-wife. Hold on. All right, if that fucker gets up from there, I'm moving out. Apparently, I'm in his house, not the other way around. Shit. But do y'all remember the good old days when you were shocked shitless? Remember Columbine, how much it rocked us? Now, I mean, we spend more time reading up on the sports teams that we don't give two shits about. When we see a murder, a mass murder, anything to that effect, we're like, oh, yeah, that happened. We've grown numb to it. So, again, not a gun guy. But it just seems like we're doing something the fuck wrong. Pardon me. And it's kind of like you have a forest fire, right? You would think you either put fire retardant on it, douse it with water, or you take fuel out. And by fuel, I mean stop adding more logs onto the fucking fire. It only makes it burn hotter. We, we, we're fighting in this country to push more guns into the fucking system. So again, no, not a gun expert. I would never get into a debate about the technicalities and the quote-unquote ins and outs. And I've seen like the assholes like a Caitlin Bennett and they, what they love to do is to catch you in semantics. But I just don't think weapons of war need to be out on the streets. Well, what war was it used in? And then they stump the libtard, right? Well, here's the thing. Please continue to argue about which war the AR-15 was used in, and I'll see you next week when we bury 30 more people. So again, I don't have the answer, but I'm not so dumb that I can't see that apparently this country is doing something fucking wrong with guns. Now, moving right along. Before we finally jump in almost 10 minutes in, before we finally jump into today's topic, gang, I'm going to do some serious house cleaning. And I need y'all to listen to me for just a second in all seriousness. Gang, if you are not in a place, well, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge the hypocritical title and the hypocritical activity that happens during this show in regards to today's topic. That being said, gang, if you are not strong enough at this point, and I, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's travel, 
is different when it comes to this road down this topic. If you are not in a place where you are ready to either talk about or hear about addiction and stories of addiction, don't do me. Do yourself a favor and turn this shit off. Don't let this show or anything else be the reason why you break sobriety. Your sobriety is the most important thing to you right now. Robert Reed's not a doctor. Robert Reed handles struggle with comedy. I'm a dry fucker. But if you aren't in that space, turn this show off. I'm going to do a shit ton more. I'll make you laugh another way. But if you are struggling, and if you don't have a sponsor, if you don't have a professional to help you, you find one right fucking now. This show will be on the catalog you, you can listen to it later when you're in that spot. But don't let this show be the reason why you slip up on your sobriety. You always take care of you first. So if you haven't been able to tell, today's episode is about addiction. I've had my struggles with it. And by my struggles, I mean pretty much every time I'm awake, converting oxygen to carbon dioxide. Now... For me, just in general, it, it goes back to when I was a child, right? You, you, the only reason why, like right now, I'm wearing a Green Lantern shirt. The only reason why we call this green is because this is what we have been taught. There's no intrinsic value to this color. You know what I mean? We have defined it as green, and we just kind of universally agree that this is called green. If I raised a kid from the moment they were born until they left this house, that this color, and they had no other influence really, that this color was black, that kid will grow up thinking that this Green Lantern shirt I'm wearing is black. I grew up in a family full of drinkers. There are a couple of us were drug addicts. What family doesn't have that? But for the most part, my, my family was all... Uh, alcoholics, but that's all you ever saw. So it wasn't weird. It, it wasn't weird to to hear a beer can crack open before you heard the coffee percolating in the morning. Holy shit, I said percolating. Did, did anyone else remember those old school fucking coffee pots on the back of your mama's stove? God damn, it makes me feel old to say that. But it was nothing. My uncle still do it. There'll be two beers deep. Before they hit breakfast. And sometimes this is during the week. This is going to work. right? This isn't like some weekend shit where like, oh man, ooh, well, I'm just going to blow off some steam. I'm not going to do shit today. Watch a little Saints football. No, gang. So if, if that's all you've ever known, then that's that's your normal. It, it, it never, it never occurred to me that someone drinking at 6 a.m. was odd. So that's all I've ever seen, right? And I'm sitting here, I'm one of the quote-unquote funny moments. My Aunt Maddie Mae, Thor rest her soul. <laughs> but she was always just weird, right? She would always squint. She laughed at everything. She got to add this. Uh, <laughs> Chris, you're, so, you're funny, Chris. <laughs> we loved Ma I loved fucking Maddie Mae. Quick right-hand turn about Maddie Mae. You know what? For my Aunt Maddie Mae. 
for my Aunt Maddie Mae. Hold on, you know what time it is. Gin and truth and family. Let's go. Quick right-hand turn about Maddie Mae before I get to kind of the punchline. Uh, Maddie Mae. So, my family's poor. Like, my dad's side of the family, especially, they would have to save money just to become destitute. And my parents were, what? At least on that side of the family, the only ones with college degrees. My dad's the only one that's ever made anything out of himself and left that place. So my mom kind of made the command call, you know what, let's stop exchanging Christmas gifts. And we were children at the time. It's just like, you know, we see them every other year for the holidays because you'd always switch off between your mom's family and your dad's family. And it's like, it's just not fair. It's not fair to ask them to buy gifts for, you know, my mom and my dad and then, you know, their children. So my mom was like, you know what, we're just not going to do it. It's we can still get together. We can still have a good time and eat and have fun. But let's take the financial stress off, you know, buying gifts. And they all agreed. But Maddie Mae, because Maddie Mae loved her little brother, my dad. And so I still remember the last Christmas I spent with Maddie Mae. And she and it was the shittiest gift wrap you ever seen. And I think I can get through this without crying. (laughs) And she gave my mom a gift. It was for all of us. And then Maddie and that creaky voice and gang, it, it was uh, four pillowcases. Oh, God, it still makes me cry. <laughs> it, it's all she could afford. I don't think those things were like a fucking dollar. At some, you know, Kmart clearance bin shit. As fucked up as Maddie May was, she had a heart the size of the state of fucking. I'll never forget that day. I'll never, it, it, uh, one of the best gifts ever. <laughs> Shitty uh, uh, pillowcases. But back to Maddie May, the point of the story. And so I remember, because my mom's always been big on family pictures. They didn't grow up with any. So her thing was like, you will not grow up the way I did. You're going to remember your family. You're going to remember them in picture form and all that other good stuff. And finally, this gang, maybe 17 years ago, she was giving us family pictures from my dad's side of the family. And it's Mary, it's Finney, it's Roberta, it's everyone while they were all still alive. And I remember talking to my older sibling. I was like, okay, Maddie Mae, since I was a fucking kid, pretty much even in the coffin, right? She always had that look. And I remember asking my older sibling, did, did Maddie May have special needs? I just, she was always just a little bit off. And I just remember she says, she looked at me and was like, Chris, the bitch was always drunk. <laughs> and that was my whole family. And it, it just, it never, it was, there was nothing ever wrong because that's all we ever knew. And I still remember my uncles, you know, fucking, uh, it was nothing. I mean, it's kind of like riding in the back of the truck, Right. We grew up doing that shit. Now you do it. They'll call it, you know, child protective services on your monkey ass. But it was nothing for us to pour drinks for our uncles. Go get you a beer. And, you know, there's always like fucking malt liquor or some bullet. It was malt liquor. <laughs> and the cooler. And then they would terrorize you when you got plastered. Right? When they got plastered. And you're a kid. And like, hey, 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 little ass nigga. Come here. Come here. 
nigga, you ain't shit. Hey, 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 hey. Go, go get your unk. One of them beers. Little ass nigga, you ain't shit. Right? Then you then you stroll on over there and you open up uh the, the cooler. You, you you bring him the bull, the blue one, of course, and then you bring it back over. He he, he opens it up in front of you, like, <laughs> you don't know nothing about this, you little ass nigga. Fuck you, you ain't shit. I never liked your mama anyway, little ass nigga. Hey, 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 you little ass nigga. Hey, hey, you want to drink of this? Yeah, you manhood. You're like, hell yeah. You little ass nigga, if I ever catch you drink, I'm going to whip your monkey ass. You got scared shitless, right? All your uncles over there laughing their asses off. They weren't going to do anything to you. They were just trying to scare you. But that was my normal. That was all me and the cousins normal. You saw your family fucked up, whether it was breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whether they were playing spades, they were slapping bones. It didn't matter. Fucking, ah, yeah. So, I mean, that was my normal. And I never saw anything the least bit wrong with it because I didn't even know there was another fucking option. As a matter of fact, if I saw your family and y'all were all sipping fucking English tea, some motherfucking Earl Grey, I'd be like, man, I think your family's got a problem. <laughs> right? Why why aren't the uncles terrorizing, you know, their 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 nieces and nephews? Right? So again, if that's all you've ever known, gang, then that's your normal. And that was my normal. So it, it just it never occurred to me that using was bad. Or I, it, I don't know if bad's the word to use, right? And so as, as you move forward, uh, believe it or not, gang, I didn't take my very first drink until I was 33. I didn't drink a sip in college. No one believes me unless you're one of my teammates. I was a little weird in college. Shocking. And it got, I think Brian Howard was the first person that they always called me Bobby Reed. It was almost somewhat of a running joke that they didn't want Bobby Reed to ever start drinking for fear that I would lose my shit and kill somebody, (laughs) right? Again, I never partied, and I just, it it tempted me about as much as pouring rubbing alcohol in my eyeballs. It just never crossed my mind. And I remember my dad had this way of communication, right? And for those of you that are military, you already kind of know where I'm going with this. There, there were no long-winded explanations. This is always straight to the fucking bottom line. And my talk on drinking, right? What what is some parents today, right? Well, you know, I'll give you a sip. It kind of, you know, kills the curiosity, blah, 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 blah. Now, that wasn't what the major said at all. Not at all. He sat us down in that room, and the talk went a little something like this. I drink enough for everyone in this family, so you don't have to. Now, get the fuck out. Bing, that was it. That was my entire talk. And from that moment, I was like, okay. And I, it, again, I, I never thought about it. Now, my first drink came at 33. The person I was dating, I was like, you know, I, we were driving around. And I was like, I've never had a drink before. She knew that. It was part of her attraction to me. Uh, a family member of her has some alcohol issues. And so it's like, I, I, you know, she knows it's like, yeah, I, I kind of appreciate not having to smell alcohol on your breath or, you know, have five empty beer cans, you know, in the sink every night. And so I remember we went to the liquor store that's next door to the place where I work. And I still remember. I, I didn't even know what to get. So it's like, well, I've heard of this thing called champagne. 
And so I got a bottle of champagne. And we sat in the back of my pickup truck. And I drank that entire fucking bottle in one sitting. And she kept asking, are you drunk yet? Are you drunk yet? I was like, no, no, no. Gang, I didn't feel shit. I did not feel a fucking thing. And some of y'all know I do martial arts. Uh, my kung fu portion is hungar. If you don't know what hungar is, look that shit up. It is taxing. And I was like, no. And so I went out into the parking lot and I cranked some motherfucking kung fu. I did forms and shit like that. And I was like, I don't feel a thing. So I don't understand what this whole drunk fascination is. You know what? For not getting drunk off of an entire bottle of fucking champagne, hold on, you know what time it is. Gin and truth and hypocrisy. Let's go. And so I never really drank after that. It, it, it took me some time before I started, you know, really drinking. And, you know, as you're sitting here trying to learn how to drink, you're like, what's this margarita stuff? What is this brown? Well, now, obviously, I drink gin, right? And I come from a long line on my dad's side, at any rate, of gin drinkers. Hence, the gin shit. Now, let me dig right into it. Gang, I love to drink. But that wasn't what got me my title of addict, Vicodin. Now, I, I, I make no secrets that I went to a very special place where you go when your head isn't all the way good. And I'm finally going to say the word because I never thought I could say it on Twitter after you try to commit suicide. Now. Pain pills were my drug of choice. And let me tell you the reason why. I played some fucking football. Now, today, it's different. Getting Vicodin, hydrocodone, uh, all the oxys. Today, it's harder. Not just for the common football player, but for the common person walking the street. Right? Back when I played, which really wasn't all that long ago, gang. 30 years ago. God, I can't believe I can say that out loud. It, it was it. I probably had a harder time getting cough medicine. You would walk into a locker room, especially if you're a starter, right? You had to get your ass out on the field. So there's nothing that they won't do. You can literally stub your toe, walk in, and before you describe your symptoms, you got 60 pills right in front of you. You don't even bother to ask what they are. You don't. Half the times you're putting something in your body, as long as you didn't, you didn't get it from like behind a fucking convenience store. If it came from the guy in uh, who had a professional title and a professional license and was medically associated with your football team, you just hand, he handed you something. At best, you'd be like, take six of these a day. Translation, you took 16. So it was real easy, really easy. And it really wasn't even so much for the high. Believe it or not, it was for the fucking pain. Because just in case you weren't aware, football fucking hurts. It does. And you wake up sore every fucking day. Now, there's a saying that there's no such thing as an injury-free season. It's, there's no such thing. Unless, unless you're a bench warmer or maybe a kicker, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to to get hurt and you're going to go back in the game that's just a culture of football now right now some of y'all are appalled like oh why would you do 
It's one of those, if I have to explain it to you, you just don't get it. You want to be out there, right? You love your teammates. You love the challenge. You love the combat. I use that term very loosely. So my apologies to uh, any veterans who saw actual combat. You, you, just, you loved it, and you wanted to be out there. You suffered with those guys in the offseason. You suffered during the season. That's why you lifted all those fucking weights. That's why you ran those fucking laps. So you can be out there. So I could be there so I could support Tony Brackens. Blake Brockemeyer did it so he could block for Ricky Williams. Yeah, I played with some fucking studs when I was in college. You wanted to be out there and you would do anything to make sure your monkey ass was out there, including taking a bottle of white oblong pills with a name that you can't pronounce, mainly with a name that you never bothered to look up. Can't be bad. The team doctor gave it to me. Now, that being said, let me tell y'all something. I'm not bashing any of my team doctors. I'm not bashing any of the trainers, student train, none of them. I had a magnificent experience in college, both academically and athletically. I'm just telling y'all the way it TI is. I am not the least bit bitter on how anything came out. I survived it. I survived it. I'm just telling y'all, at least my travels, with Vicodin. The other thing, when you're in a football locker room, again, how easy it is, and there's there's really no checks and balances. No one ever says, okay, we gave Robert Reed, you know, 60 pills, you know, on the first, he's coming back on the 12th. No, you just like, oh, here, bam, 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 bam. Whatever kept Robert, Robert Reed was the starter. People were buying my jerseys. People were asking me for autographs out on the street. There was a product to sell. And when I say Robert Reed, I'm talking about every single person who started at a Division I school and had a name for themselves. At the end of the day, NCAA athletics is a fucking business. Don't don't let them get get you twisted. Oh, this is amateur athletics. Shut the fuck up. It's professional. That, what, look, I'm looking at Papa right now. That brown stuff coming out of his butthole yeah, that, that smells really bad. I don't have to go pick up here in the next two hours. I can call that a bouquet of roses all I want. It doesn't change the fact that it's a pile of shit. You can sit here and tell them, oh, you're an amateur athlete. That, that's why we're not going to give you any workman's comp. And, you know, your jersey just sold, you know, 5 million units. And we're not going to give you a fucking dime. We're going to give your head coach $27 million. But you know what you're going to get? You're going to get chronic pain and the inability to recognize your wife when you're fucking 50. Congratulations. That's my little side note on the fucking NCAA. And to say fuck the NCAA, hold on, you know what time it is. Gin and truth, let's go. So again, gang, there wasn't really any checks and balances. And the one thing that we did, God, I hope I'm not getting anyone in trouble. <laughs> so if you had surgery, no matter how minor it was, they would stockpile you with drugs. And you would hold on to them. And shh, don't, don't tell anybody. You're like, hey, 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 you, you had surgery last month. Break me off half one of those pills. Why? Because you didn't want to feel shit when you're out there in the game. Excuse me, but you also don't want to be so hazy that you don't remember this week's game plan. So, no, it was nothing to take some painkillers before a game. 
like I said, football fucking hurts. And again, some of y'all are sitting there shaking your head and being all judgmental. But like I said, if I have to explain it to you, you don't understand. You don't understand. My best analogy for some of the ladies at work who've asked me about it and want to know, you know, should they let their kids play ball? It's, you know, you, you think about what's different about you now, pre and post kids. You had gravity defined boobs. You had flat stomach. Your ass looked like a peach. Now your tits are down into the waistband of your underwear. You've got that little mommy apron that goes around your belly. Your ass is sliding down the back of your thighs. Would you change it? Robert, fuck no. I love my kids. That's kind of how we feel about playing football. I loved it. I may bitch about the pain, but I wouldn't change the experience. Now we're coming up on the 29 minute mark. So y'all know what time it is. I'm going to drain the weasel. And I'm definitely going to freshen up this Hendrix. Because gang, it's really not all that hot. But it's been threatening rain all day. So it's like fucking Africa jungle level fucking humidity. I'm sitting here sweating in my kitchen. And I'm not even exercising. So I'm going to go do the halftime routine. And I'll be right back. Gin and truth. Let's go.